0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the GCI Podcast, the show where you get to know the board of Georgetown Collegiate Investors and emerge maybe even a little bit wiser. I'm your host, Anna Amar, and on today's episode, emerge a little bit wiser you will, with our Chief Operating Officer, Andrew Sieglin. We'll be talking about a lot of pre-professional topics, ranging from what Andrew looks out for when he's interviewing people for GCI, to how he got a freshman summer internship. Lots to cover, lots to talk about. Let's get right into it. So, you're a sophomore and already COO for two semesters. Um, Before we even get to any of what your position entails... What advice do you have for freshmen that are eager to join the board so early?
1: Absolutely. I think just basing it off my experiences, I think it's really about taking initiative, you know, showing the older people in the fund that you not only want to take on more responsibility, but that you're actually, that that you can actually handle it and, you know, you can handle, you know, a much more significant workload within GCI. Um, And I think during my freshman year, I really proved that by, you know, Maintaining you know two positions in GCI being the vice president of operations as well as being an analyst in the, in the industrials group, and you know I, just really proving to the older people of the fund that you can maintain great organizational skills and you know provide a lot of value to the fund. I think if you're looking to move up fast and I think you're looking to make an immediate impact I think that's what you should do.
0: And what would you say is like your most valuable life lesson that you've learned from being on the board so far
1: I think honestly the most valuable lesson I've learned is is how to manage something that's way bigger than myself when you're dealing with investments you know, with people and we have about on average say 60 or 70 kids investing every year, every semester and then also dealing with cash outs with, with seniors graduating and everything it, it, it's it's a lot of it is complex and a lot of it requires you to learn stuff on the job and I think so I, I, within the whole sort of notion of like, learning on the job and being able to be quick on your feet. I think it's really, you know, the ability to kind of develop your organizational skills, to be proactive and to make sure that you have everything under control. Because again, as COO, sometimes my responsibilities are complex. Sometimes they require me to devote a lot of hours. So I think again, it's just maintaining a clear schedule and a clear platform.
0: And what would you say is the hardest part about being COO?
1: The hardest part, um, honestly, I think it's it's the fact that I'm not on the investment side of the fund. I'm very, very thankful for being on the executive side of the fund, and it was a decision that I made my freshman year, and I'm very and I don't regret it at all. But that being said, I think part of me would kind of misses the ability to work on pitches, the ability to sort of do research. And but but at the same time, you know, as COO, you know, I evaluate pitches, um, I supervise pitches. I work with directly with portfolio managers. So I think at the same time, like I miss being on the investment side, but at the same time, I'm getting a sort of new enhanced perspective from it. Wow,
0: mm-hmm. oh, that's that's really well put. Um, and what are your goals for GCI for this coming semester?
1: First goal primarily is just to have you know great performance. You know, to make sure you know all of our holdings are performing well and make sure just you know we're making money for the fund and. Um, I think beyond that, I think it's really developing better connections, better relationships with some of the major investment banks on Wall Street. I kind of sort of spearheaded our, our outreach program where we have several of the top investment banks and in several of the, you know, elite boutique banks, uh, you know, reaching out to us, co- sort of setting up a pipeline um, and, and a, a sort of network to create, to create events with GCI members. And I think it's really just strengthening those relationships that we have with current firms.
0: On a previous podcast, um, Jeff, who's kind of in a similar position as you are in terms of that you're managing the back office, um, how do you think that has helped you in like your career choices and your interest in investing? Because those are quite different things. And how would you like how do you apply your work as COO to your interest in investing and ultimately your career choice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question. I think the COO position is extremely dynamic with that because not only do I get a vote on all of our final, you know, for our final say whether or not we're going to buy or sell a certain holding, but at the same time, it's like again, I get the sort of macro, the ability to analyze our pitches and to work with our portfolio managers from sort of a macro perspective, where I can transcend all groups. Um, And because of that, it's kind of strengthened the way that I, the way that I evaluate pitches, the way that I, the way that I evaluate potential investment opportunities. And so I think it's really like the COO position has really made me interested, much more interested in investing um, uh, because of those previous things that I mentioned.
0: And so what would be kind of your best advice to give to whoever is listening to this, who wants to reach out to alums, to Georgetown alums in investment banking? Like, what would you recommend they do like what do they ask what do they email
1: absolutely I think my first advice is to start early Um, for me networking was always something that I felt like I I needed to do in order to stand out and sort of get my name out there you know I started sending cold cold emails um, to alums, and not, and not even just alums, but just to, you know, people, investment banking analysts, you know, who didn't even go to Georgetown. Um, I started sending them in, like, March or April of my freshman year, just to sort of, you know, understand what the industry even was at, the, at that time. Um, but again, I think it's, it's to be ambitious and proactive. Um, you know, bankers, a lot of times, you know, they're super busy, and, you know, a lot of times they don't see the emails. So I, I think it's being persistent with it, you know, following up with them. You know, of course, don't be annoying, but I think there's a fine line between being annoying and being persistent. Um, and again, I think within the email, of course, is just identifying who you are, but at the same time asking them, you know, for, for advice. And I think a lot of people, especially alums, you know, are more than happy to hop on the phone with you and kind of go over their experiences, their background, and kind of how they got to their position.
0: Okay. So I'm sure you've had plenty of interviews. Um, what would you say is your toughest interview question that you've ever been asked?
1: That's a great question. Um, so I was actually interviewing for banking positions as a, as a freshman, uh, for my freshman summer. And after all, like, during this one interview, I had a bunch of technicals thrown at me. And then the last question he asked me was, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And so I just said Rocky Road, like, that's my favorite. Um, and he starts grilling me on, like, how Rocky Road is related to, like, like like different comps multiples. And, and I was, you know, as a freshman, I was just like, I have... No, I have like no idea. I was like blanking out. I was like, like, what are you talking about? The first question he asked is, okay, so what what multiple would you apply to Rocky Road in order to get a terminal value? Like using the comps, what terminal value would you arise if if you use the median Rocky Road multiple? And I guess he was sort of asking the sort of like macro understanding of like how terminal value works when you're applying a sort of operating metric towards like a, a, a median multiple. But at the time, I had no idea, and I just kind of started talking about the, like, the sort of ingredients within Rocky Road. And uh, yeah, it was a super, super bizarre question.
0: What about... Because you interview people for GCI. <laughs> what is your... So I've heard... I've, you're notorious for your interviews. I've heard horror stories of you asking people to name people on the board. <laughs> and so I was just wondering... Yeah. What's the rationale behind that?
1: So I think... The rationale behind asking candidates to name board members is to see if you've researched our fund. You know, kids throw in applications everywhere to, you know, the, the 10 to 12 different organizations are on campus, business-related organizations on campus. And, you know, we want candidates, we want students who actually take the time to learn about us, um, you know, who, are, who actually understand what GCI is and what, what differentiates GCI not only from other investment funds on campus, but also just other business clubs. So I think... For the kids who can correctly answer other board members, it shows that you took the time to understand who we are as a board. Um, yeah, just showing that you actually care enough to go deeper and learn about us.
0: And when you're interviewing people for GCI, what is something that's not that obvious that you look out for? Um, you know, like obviously, people look for passion and you know basic knowledge, but what's something specific? That you look out for when you're interviewing
1: yeah honestly I, I look to see if the candidate smiles at all you know a lot of students they take the interview super seriously and and I can understand you know they're nervous or you know you know they, they, they want to like maintain like a very serious persona And honestly, I'm just not a fan of that. Honestly, I I want, for me, when I interview kids, I want to have a conversation with them. Like, I want to learn about who they are and, you know, what value they can bring to the fund. And I think with kids who smile, kids who are laid back but still are professional, but, you know, they're a little bit more chill, I think we have, like, it's a much better interview experience because you can sort of have a conversation instead of me just hitting you with questions over and over again. Right. Yeah.
0: So other than the... Ruthless name-calling question. Um, What's a what's another question that like typically you ask that you like to that you think is super introspective and?
1: Yeah, a question that I like to ask in most of the interviews that I've conducted is, "Tell me something about yourself that's not on your resume." And I think a lot of kids define themselves by what they do on the resume and their sort of professional experiences, and I think just along the lines of like getting to know the candidate better you know i want to hear something you know personal about you that is not related to your work experience not related to you maintaining this professional persona i want to hear about you you know i want to hear a, a hobby you have even if it's say, like stamp collecting or if it's like or if it's like like you like flying kites or something like Tell me about it, you know? And I I think, like, it just makes the the interview way more, like, human instead of me, again, just asking. Everybody
0: collects stamps. Yeah, yeah, (laughs)
1: exactly. I got a huge collection at home.
0: Okay, so we talked about networking, we talked about interviewing. What about internships? What did you do your freshman summer?
1: So my freshman summer, I actually had two internships. One was in investment banking and the other was in commodities trading. Um, I, I wanted a sort of dual balance in order to sort of see what do I like better? Do I like more markets-facing role or a sort of a more corporate advisory role, I like would say, banking? And, um, you know, they were both great experiences. You know, I, I, um, I ultimately preferred banking, but trading, working in a market-facing world, I felt found was super interesting. And it was just, just banking and, and trading, they were just two totally different positions that I enjoyed really. That I, I enjoyed both of them for their own different reasons.
0: Mm-hmm. And how did you, because two internships your freshman summer is super impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did you, one, how did you get that? And two, what advice do you have? Yeah. For freshmen kind of looking to put themselves in the same position.
1: Yeah, so I was super, super aggressive with getting not even, like, I wanted I wanted internships that were, like, significant, like banking and trading, instead of like other traditional internships that freshmen would have. Um, and I wanted it because I wanted to stand out in terms of I knew that having this super relevant experience would help me in the long term when applying for sophomore roles, junior roles, Um, again, because again, it's just making me stand out because I already have this experience. And so answering your second question, the advice that I have is again, you have to be persistent. You have to be aggressive. You have to want it. Um, so from my experience, I emailed 300 firms and starting in February, I did it February of my freshman year. I looked up any type of firm in New York that was related to finance. So hedge funds, boutique investment banks, asset managers, private equity firms, whatever it was, you name it, and I got rejected initially. I mean, again, I only think, like, I only got, like, 20 emails back out of 300, and then from those, I was, you know, a lot of them were just saying, hey, you're a freshman, you're too young, like, like we don't take freshmen, and I only ended up getting, like, a single-digit number of interviews, And, and ultimately, I was fortunate enough to get two and fortunately enough, like, their timelines didn't overlap, so I was able to 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 able to do both of them. You know, honestly, again, so my advice is you have to be persistent. You have to want it, like, if you want to stand out in recruiting, now, this is not the only way to stand out, of course, but internships play a big role in your resume, and if you want something super relevant, you want something that's, like, significant, like banking or trading, like you need to go out and you need to email people early. And I think February, February is not even early. Like, you know, I should, probably should have done it starting like December or, or November. But, you know, I spent two months just on email, on my email, mm-hmm. just firing away emails. Um, and I think, again, you have to want it.
0: So yeah. two firms back from 300, so 0.66% acceptance rate. Yeah. I mean, Wow. So, what would you say are some of the impacts GCI has had on your life?
1: Yeah, I think there's several. Um, again, first, it's through the relationships that I formed with GCI or within GCI. Um, there's a lot of bright minds and a lot of it, it, some of the most enterprising people on campus are in GCI, and they sort of it, it, they sort of like welcomed me into this community where you know I had so much to learn not only about investing not only about the technicalities of stock pitches and the the finance concepts but just understanding how to develop relationships and you know in, again just working within something that is way bigger than uh, than any of us I learned a lot in terms of how to be a leader through through the previous leaders of GCI through the previous board members I have several mentors in GCI currently and also who have graduated and are, you know, who are doing their own things in finance now. They helped me a lot, you know, kind of find m- my specific interests, my niche interests. And again, again, they also really helped me become a leader. They kind of they sort of taught me what's necessary in order to be an effective leader.
0: How like how did they mentor you?
1: Yeah, I think so. Basically, what I did was I sort of reached out to to the, some some of the board members when I was a freshman, and you know I kind of wanted to hear their story. I kind of wanted to hear, and a few of them were in investment banking, so I kind of asked them, you know, more along the lines of you know their experiences with recruiting, but also just again what they did in order to really become effective leaders in GCI. And I think you know getting getting coffee with them, just kind of having them run you know run through their experiences was the sort of most the most efficient way to do it um, and I, I again I learned a lot there was a lot of and again I still have a lot to learn you know I'm still I'm still young like I'm still I, I'm learning every day within GCI
0: you mentioned that they taught you how to be an effective leader what are some of the lessons that you've learned in terms of leadership
1: it's taking into account the voices of all members of the fund you know as a leader you know some leaders you know may tend to be very more you know self-centered in a sense where it's like I'm going to give you instructions and then, you know, I don't want, I'm going to be very strict on, you know, what the deadlines are and this, and then this or that, and I'm I'm not going to listen to your feedback and I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to be in my own. I'm going to be very, very exclusive, you know, away from the sort of main operations of the fund. And I think being an effective leader is, you know, understanding that there's no such thing as hierarchy. Like GCI is very, very flat. So, you know, when, when, when training members or people who are analysts, you know, or, portfolio managers, whoever in the fund it wants to reach out and speak with me or has an idea, it's to be an effective leader is to take into account everyone's ideas. you know whether they're really good, whether they're really bad. it's again to develop a sort of camaraderie through these ideas, taking into account everyone's ideas, taking into account feedback. Um, you know it, it, which really strengthens the way that I can present things, the way that I can go over things, the way can I the way that I can teach um, analysts or training members, and I think, it's, again, it's just, it's just having a, a double-sided relationship, not me just talking to them, but hearing them and hearing what they, how they feel, you know, yeah.
0: This is a question that I always like to end on. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your most unconventional advice? Not, you know, you have to work hard and you have to send 300 emails, like that. that's crazy obviously, but something that's very, you know, specific to you.
1: So I think there's two things really. The first thing is something a little bit funnier. When you're sending a networking email to an alum, always end it by saying hoya saxa and then your name. I, for some reason, I've had no much I've had a way higher response rate when I when I sent that and I don't know why. I I'm not sure if that's the only factor or variable. There's a ton of variables when you're sending emails to bankers, but that was something that I found interesting that like Add Hoya Saxa at the end when you're, when you're finishing an email. That's the first thing. Um, and the second thing I would say is in an interview or if you're just even networking with someone, you want them to remember you. And I think – I don't want to use like a super cliche thing like, oh, be yourself, but you need to express things about yourself that are unconventional, that are unique and you need to tie them into the conversation and that's how you that's how you develop relationships because you, know, you give the example when you know if bankers are going to have 50 phone calls 50 networking calls they're going to meet 100 kids at the networking events you know these are all just a bunch of faces you know you need to put a human to the face you need to put an identity to the face and like it's important to have effective networking interactions by including stuff that's personal to you, and, I, and I'll give the example, I'll give a really good example of, of, with mine, and this is not even so personal to me, but I'll give the example, so I'm a huge basketball fan, I'm a huge NBA fan, and I'm a huge LeBron James fan, and I was actually networking with someone um, in private equity who was also a huge LeBron fan, and I actually met up with him at a networking event, and of course he didn't know what I looked like, but I, ha- I go, hey man, um, you know, you know, I'm I'm the LeBron fan. You know, like we were talking about LeBron. And he goes, "Hey, man!" And you know, and we had like that instant sort of like connection. And I think that goes way farther than just you know speaking with someone. Of you know, then 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 you know, it goes way farther than you just you know having a conventional phone call where they don't remember anything unique about
0: you Yeah. All right. Well, I just want to thank you for taking the time. This has been incredibly useful and like full of life advice interview so thank you so much
1: yeah i really appreciate it